0: Uh, hello and welcome to the um, uh, Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. I am not Noah Downs. As a matter of fact, he's on assignment right now. This is Luke Biston, and you can reach me on Twitter at intentional underscore G. And I'm joined today with Jojo Mags, who can be reached uh, on Twitter at Jojo L Maggs. How are you doing today, Jojo? I'm
1: doing awesome. Pretty, uh, pretty excited to try this all out and hope it goes smooth
0: yeah so far so good 30 seconds in <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um uh, first off what I would like to do today uh, is I wanted to start with uh, an observation that I read on your uh, WordPress that I thought was very interesting uh I liked uh, using PPR you know uh, I, I having a, my first dynasty uh league be standard uh and only actually do scoring for return yards has really left me wanting so in my other 30 dynasty leagues that i'm in i made sure that all of them had ppr Uh, none of them though have something called points per first downs and so this is something that i found very interesting in your observations. so i'll let you take it from there
1: yeah um so i feel your pain on the standard league thing um we're talking earlier but i uh basically forced my home league to finally switch from standard half point PPR, um, which I like, uh, anyways, but the points per first down, um, what I, what I like is just that to me, it feels like we're rewarding players for something that's important in the NFL. I mean, we reward six points for a touchdown, right? Because it's a big deal when someone scores a touchdown in the NFL, when someone gets a first down, it's a big deal. So, just to, to acknowledge that in fantasy just seems kind of like a natural thing to do. We've already started doing um, points per reception, and then people started doing points per carry because it's like, well, you know, running backs should be rewarded for holding onto the ball, basically. Uh, but, you know, it gives you something more to watch. Um, and And most of the time for receivers, anyways, when they catch the ball, they're getting a first down. Um, I mean, you've got some guys that are going to go for shorter yardage, which happens of course, but most of the time when a receiver catches a pass, they're going to get a first down. So the, it really helps um, running backs though, with making, uh, making their not necessarily big plays because 10 yards isn't necessarily a big play for a running back. um, But it, it definitely makes it a little more impactful with uh, with first downs. Uh, when I ran it this second time, mm-hmm. I added a quarter point per carry, uh, half point PPR, and then half point for first downs. Um, the for receivers, the the league leaders generally have at least 70 first downs. Okay, um, so uh, they're really you know half their half their receptions are, or or a little bit over half their receptions are going to be pretty much a full point PPR basically is what that makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's a heavier reward on the running backs for getting uh, first downs. So the way it breaks down in that model, top 100 players, there's 33 running backs and 32 wide receivers. So it definitely levels the playing field a lot more um, as opposed to just doing receptions. Right and then, in the top two hundred, there's uh, sixty five running backs total and seventy four wide receivers. so really you see you still see you know your uh, especially for when you're starting three wide receivers you' there's those players are still relevant they're not mm-hmm. uh, they're not totally destroyed, but then it also at the same time, if you do uh, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex um, your your flex can still be a viable. Like the running back can still play in your flex spot. We've we've kind of gotten to a point where in PPR leagues your wide receivers your flex, and in standard leagues your running back is your flex. Right. Um, and this kind of levels the playing field a little bit more. Quarterbacks, I mean, they're still 28 in the top 100, so those guys they fluctuate a little bit, and the rushing um, quarterbacks get a bump because of more because of the carrying uh, the the quarter point per carry than the first downs really
0: okay no I, I like that a lot i have uh six leagues in total that i commish and i will be discussing during this year about implementing that next year uh, yeah because i think that that would be really good and in all honesty i'd also like to see um uh, i like the quarter point per carry as well uh, especially for like the leagues that we're in between uh League of Extraordinary and the Iron Throne League. I think yeah. that those would be two good leagues to throw something like that into. Yeah, definitely. It's
1: it's really I mean for me the biggest part of it is just giving us something more to watch and it oh, yeah. And it's such a big deal in the NFL. I feel like for fantasy we should make it a big deal in fantasy also. <laughs>
0: I I totally agree. I I really enjoy uh, the idea of trying to massage the game into something that's a little more uh, in-depth than just, you know, coming from... I've been playing fantasy now since I was 17, so I've been playing for 18 years. Okay. And uh, so starting out on, you know, uh, CBS and sitting there and having your... You're a quarterback your two running backs your three wide receivers a tight end you 're you know very archaic compared to what they have now it was it was standard you know pPR was you know awful <laughs> it, was too, it was too progressive for those times you know yeah. so just watching all of a sudden with uh you know dynasty taking off with people and and just other types of playing and stuff like that you're you're starting to see so many more options coming out and now that analytics is becoming a larger part of the game and you're seeing people and they're like how can i tweak it to make the game as beneficial to all parties involved as opposed yeah. to just making it where the running backs are gold and standard or if it's strictly just PPR it's wide receiver so i think th- i think that that is awesome and you championing that is you know we we make it happen so every league that you run every league that i run we need to push for it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i commissioned my my home league mm-hmm. um which uh, like said earlier you know i just forced them to go to ppr so i don't know if i'll be <laughs> able to get them to go to first downs this year uh or this next year but it's definitely something i'm gonna try and then i my Save by the bell league mm-hmm. um I'm going to try and and get them at least start the conversation. Most of those guys play in pretty progressive leagues, I think. Say by the bell out of out of the ones I know about their other leagues, it's probably the most basic as far as scoring and stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to try and maybe get that going and and yeah, it's it's something I think more people should play with and uh the I know that Scott Fish has toyed around with it a little bit. I was talking to him on Twitter about it. um and so you know and he's got leagues with all
0: kinds of crazy scoring uh oh yeah i've I've heard you know listening to podcasts uh during this period where the fishbowls were happening and everything everyone was talking about these crazy wacky stories about scoring and everything then leagues that he runs (laughs) and man just to get in a couple of those (laughs) yeah it's it's really
1: cool and so and actually, talking now that we're kind of talking about that, I was thinking maybe we should mention. So for the listener league, mm-hmm. um, whoever whoever wins that league, I'm gonna pitch in or I'll, I'll donate whatever money we need to to get them into one of Scott Fish's Fantasy Cares charity leagues. Oh, and so I don't know. I just think if you know if you win, you want to get something good. But that's something that not
0: only is really fun and cool, but also is gonna give back to somebody who needs it. I, I think that sounds awesome, you know, and I, I could see us doing that forward, you know, going forward and everything. Now, in the, do you know much about those leagues? Yeah, so
1: um, he's he's got a few different versions, and he basically is just sets them up, and then uh, for the most part, I think they probably take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. He does a little. I mean, he's still the commissioner, but so the good gardener where he just kind of plants some stuff, and then just prunes every once in a while. Yeah, I haven't been in one, so I can't say for certain exactly how it works, but I imagine it's kind of like the Scott Fishbowl. You know, he's at to a smaller scale where he really sets it up and then just makes sure the draft goes smooth. And for okay. the for the most part, he's so good at setting up rules, you know, and he's been doing it for so long. I don't know that he runs into too many rule issues nowadays. And I know that he's championed, you know, bylaws and stuff also and really getting that set up because – He's gone through so many different experiences, whereas for me, I commissioned the two leagues, but I've only been commissioner for three years now, mm-hmm. I think. So I'm still kind of a noob.
0: Yeah, um, well, you, and me, both. I, I'm at six, and I'm—I think three years is where I'm at too. So yeah, but anyways,
1: it's just it's all kinds of crazy scoring. So he's he's duplicated other leagues that he plays in for these fantasy care leagues, and then after you make a donation, then. He's, and after the Scott Fishbowl, then he sets up all the Fantasy Cares Leagues. So I think from what it looks like on Twitter, he's setting all of those up uh, within the next few weeks. Okay, So a winner for our Listener League will be entered in on the f- next year.
0: Okay, sounds good. And then speaking of which, we will start announcing winners that are going to be uh, participants in that league uh, next week on the show. Then we'll start getting guys set, and once we have a complete set, we will get the draft underway. Awesome. Now, before we continue on to the running back portion, I would like to tell you about our, um, uh, well, about some shirts that, uh, you know, that we, we we like to try to push on our end because we have this company named Savage and uh, at savageultimate.com. And they're our sponsor here. And basically, if you would just take a second to go over and look at their shirts. They have some awesome shirts that you can either buy for customization. You know, they have their own things there as far as like soccer, football, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, uh, dodgeball, and quidditch. Uh, They have different things that you can go and look at. And so just stop on by, take a look at their products, and if you like anything and you want to buy something, put in Wookiee TD that's W-O-O-K-I-E-T-D, to get 15% off your online order. That's SavageUltimate.com.
1: I mean, if you're looking for team shirts and stuff, if you're playing different team sports in college or just, you know, in the community with friends and stuff. And I'm actually looking at um, maybe getting some shirts for one of my leagues, for mm-hmm. my home league, just because, yeah, you can get it all. It's it's pretty good price, pretty comfortable shirts. And, um, yeah, just get yourself set up and – and uh looking looking good with some good quality stuff well there's a new uh
0: harry potter book coming out well it's like transcripts and everything uh uh, to the uh play that's coming out on august 3rd and they have a midnight release at the local mall so i'm thinking about getting a quidditch uh jersey to uh there you go to wear over there you know (laughs) i like that All right, well, with that, uh, let's jump into our running back segment uh, just so we can kind of take a look at the the top 30 running backs going into the 2016 season. The list that I had initially had uh, Le'Veon Bell sitting at number one, but he decided (laughs) to skip a couple of his um, uh, mandatory drug tests, and now he's facing a four-game suspension. So uh, he dropped a little bit. Needless to say, why don't we take a look real quick at the at the list and everything, and as soon as it pops up here, here we go. Uh, with him dropping for me, he actually drops all the way down to number 10. And uh, the reason for me dropping him so far down is because if the season had 12 games, if you could start four games into the season, I guarantee you he would be a top five, probably even top five, three score going forward. But those four games of taking a zero, I think that he's going to, you're going to see more points over the season from nine guys and, and redraft for me, it's all about points because you know, it's a one and done thing. So how do you feel about Le'Veon Bell over there?
1: Yeah. So I've been thinking about this and I guess I imagine his ADP is going to drop. Hmm. I don't know I doubt anyone's gonna gamble in the first round, but I don't see him going past the second round. And so I'm I'm kinda tempted to go wide receiver in the first round, mm-hmm. grab Le'Veon Bell in the second round, and then try and get try and get Williams mm-hmm. in maybe like the fifth round.
0: Okay. So you'd be um, willing to go fifth round on Williams at this point?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because the two of those, the two of them together, mm-hmm. I'm fairly confident will equal a top five running back. Okay. And so if I can do that, if I can get both, see the problem is with the people that we play with, and especially <laughs> the people that I play with, <laughs> I know someone is going to be like, "No, f you." Yeah. Uh, right. To take him earlier than the fifth round, just so I can't get him if I were to take LeBron Bell. Right.
0: Um, And then they're going to ransom off to you. Yeah.
1: So it's a gamble, but if you can get him in the second, if you can get a stud wide receiver in the first and get him in the second, I think it would be worth, worth taking Williams in the fifth. It's just, it's harder if you play in a shallow league, though. Right. Even my redraft leagues that I play in, I still try to play fairly deep. Um, mm-hmm. just because then there's more trading. I mean, redraft. There's so little trading to begin with, especially with shallow leagues.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: I try to I try to push to have a little bit deeper bench. And so, if you can do that, then it's worth it. I mean, if you're playing like my the work league that I played in last year, the bench was like like five guys. I think. I mean, it was <laughs> so. Cool. So like there was there's no trading because there's no point. You just hit the waiver wire and like, and it gets. it got to a certain point where I get so frustrated because I'd have like a, a pretty stacked team, uh-huh. and then there's like a waiver wire guy and I'm like, oh man, he's gonna be so good. Like I, if I can grab him right now, yep. but I don't have anyone I can drop.
0: Right. I I am in the. I have two dynasty leagues that I'm in right now where, the rosters are seventeen and eighteen.
1: Oh no, I can't even do
0: that. I know it, it's, it's awful, you know, because I'm, because in dynasty, you, you, you're the lifeblood are your young wide receivers. Yeah. So automatically nine of my guys in both of those leagues are young wide receivers, you know? And so I'm, you know, now that TJ Yeldon has a buddy and Chris Ivory and stuff like that, you know, I'm hurting at running back <laughs> Yeah. and there's nothing I can do about it because you know, my worst guy in one league is like kevin white (laughs) yeah yeah you can't i can't do
1: dynasty like that i yeah there's um the same with my home so my home league was pretty what i considered to be pretty shallow Mm -hmm. um at like at 26 players oh yeah and i just got them to go up to 30 uh yeah to 30 Mm -hmm. because what happened was a couple of the guys who um you know, it's a home league, so there's some guys that are pretty into it and there's some guys that aren't. And so right. the guys that weren't as into it, you know, they're they're into it during the season but not as much the offseason. Mm-hmm. They would, you know, they'd draft a, a guy in the first, second round and they would almost always by like, uh, by like the first month of the NFL season, their fourth and third round picks are already dropped because they're trying to pick up somebody else that they think is going to be hot.
0: Okay. And then
1: – one guy by the end of the season he didn't have any of his rookies anymore so he dropped his first and second round picks too because they hadn't produced it's like well the point of this is to take them and hold on to them right you know through through the first year or two and so if you don't have any bench space to do that then you can't make that happen
0: absolutely you know before 2014 came around for wide receivers uh, the common law used to be it would take roughly 3 years to get peaked you know development and productivity out of them yeah so 2014 spoiled a bunch of people and now you know like people Kevin White from last year because he didn't play, Rashad Perryman because he didn't play. These are people that people – they're just tossing them to the side. Yeah. Uh, now, even, even people that were in the game, like Nelson Aguilar, uh, he had a very bad first year comparatively because he actually played. But, you know, I still wouldn't toss him to the side. I took him in the first round at 105 in my home league, and he was my worst pick. But I'm not going to – you know. Uh, exile them after one bad year because now the chip's gone. Things develop. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so, it's
1: uh, yeah. Bench plays it plays into it, and so so with redraft, uh, if I can get Levy on in the second, I think I do it.
0: Okay, so now what? Now when you say second, are you talking early second? or Are you just talking second in general?
1: Um, well, let's see. Um, I guess it'd probably I'd probably want to do it late second.
0: Okay, so like, say a, like a one hundred and three. You grab a, a top wide receiver there, and then swing back around, and try to get Bell at like the the two hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, because I imagine so. The whoever's got the one hundred and one
1: is probably going running back, right? So two and three, you know, say it's Ant or OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can get one of those two for sure, uh, okay. And then, what about what about Julio? Yeah, so f- yeah, I think I if I could get Julio, I think I'd do it. I'm trying to think of like who else, like bulletproof guys. You no, know, maybe if I could if I could get like AJ Green a guy that I think is gonna be
0: pretty good. Uh, spoiler alert for next week on the wide receiver thing. I have him so high up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it just yeah, it looks like he's just gonna catch
1: a ton of passes. So mm-hmm. um and it even like trying to look through their schedule and stuff, it's uh Dalton's gonna have to throw a lot. So Oh absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I think probably the back half of the second I'd feel more comfortable with it, Uh, especially because my plan would be to go to grab one of the what I think is going to be a top five wide receiver Mm -hmm. Um, and then grab balance later in the second and then grab another running back in the third.
0: Okay, Um, so you would want to just have your top wide receiver and then go back-to-back running backs to try to cash in before they dry up? Yeah. Yeah, because 'cause I'm thinking I should probably pull up ADP and look at it,
1: but I imagine I could get someone like maybe Doug Martin mm-hmm. in the third and the people that are gonna go like really late on running back mm-hmm. are gonna kinda push some value in my favor to go you know, to go running back in the second and third
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then and then maybe go wide receiver in the fourth and then grab D Will in the fifth.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense um for me d'Angelo williams I feel I feel right now people are looking at getting him around the seventh uh, okay. and as you get c- closer to the season, he will creep up a little bit just because people are going to continue to talk about uh, the suspension and everything, especially yeah. once it's official once it's yeah. official you're going to have that second tier of an incline where the he's going to jump up another round. So I think the sixth is going to be about where he goes so you should be fine getting him in the 5th. Um I just my only thought though is if you get him in the 5th what are you passing up that you could fill in like uh you, that's where you could grab your tight end or do you prefer to grab tight ends later? I will wait. Okay, wait. so you're, okay. <laughs> see, see, I, I, I'm the same way um, I think I said this last week for me, uh, if it's a one quarterback, one tight end start in a redraft i will i I have been known to sit there and stream four positions throughout the season, yeah. you know because kicker and defense are an automatic thing to stream for me now, but that's only if the league has waiver wires that you don't have to put money into yeah. You know, because I run out way too quick if there's blind bids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's look at our running backs real quick. Uh, I'll start with my top five and you telling me what you think of it and where who would you want to try to target and who would you take out and who would you add in. So we'll kind of just run it like that a little bit. Okay, cool first five that I have on my list include, now that Bell is gone, uh, the rookie Zeke Elliott is number one for me. And as I look at that, I cringe. Okay, just so I'm putting that out there. It does make me cringe. Uh, but I will explain real quick in the sense that I view him, except for Lamar Miller, probably the only guy that's the all-around. He has the best opportunity, and he's the shiny new toy. So it's really hard not to put him there. But the number two is Gurley. Number three is Lamar Miller. Number four is David Johnson. And number five is the old guy, Adrian Peterson. So who do you leave in? Who do you put out? And who do you, um, who do you place?
1: So my one-on-one would be Gurley. Okay. I think – see, uh, Dallas just scares me. Mm-hmm. I want – I really want Elliot to be everything because I just – I think he's going to be awesome. Mm. Dallas, their defense is just so bad right now. Right. Um, and then I can see them having to throw the ball a ton, mm-hmm. which could work out for him, you know, catching passes, which is going to be, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. But at the I same time, the I think Gurley's is a little
0: bit, What? I'm sorry. I I could see him being the third like receiver on the team, like in, in numbers. I could see them Bryant getting the most looks, then you having Witten, and then so that would put Zeke having the third most you know opportunities to catch the ball on the team, unless all of a sudden they decide that someone else needs like Bryce Butler or something. Yeah. Um. So, so that, that's feasible, but
1: yeah, yeah. So I think I go Gurley one, and then okay. probably Zeke two, okay. um, and. AP, I hate to bet against him. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't think he was going to do it last year. I was surprised <laughs> that he made it through, so I really can't have him be that
0: high. And so he would be outside of my top five. Okay. No, that makes sense, especially in Minnesota right now. I mean, I'm, the narrative coming out and something that I've heard a lot of is uh, Bridgewater does better in the shotgun, and mm-hmm. Peterson does not. He likes to have it set up where he can just, you know, get it and go and so because of that you know it's hard to tell what they're going to do uh all i know is that because adrian peterson was the keystone of the offense last year they did it that way and it seemed to work so i don't know if they're going to really change it up until peterson starts to wear down but if he does man mckinnon may actually finally see some uh light at the end of this uh tunnel yeah which is what i'm hoping for (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I I am too, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, so, anyway, what about David Johnson? Do you like him sitting there at four? Um, I do like David Johnson. I think yeah,
1: I I think he's still going to be pretty well. I don't think that it's going to be as amazing as the, you know, how some of it went last year. Mm-hmm. But oh, that was uh, storybook, you know. I mean,
0: that was Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I still I still do have a lot of a lot of faith in it okay and then and then, and uh, Lamar Miller, you're cool with him at three, or
1: yeah, I'm planning on watching some Houston games just to get more of a feel for how their front line is set up, but okay. I, the my only hesitation is there's a narrative that Miami just doesn't know what they're doing, and that's why Lamar Miller didn't get all those carries, and I try not to think that fantasy is any smarter than the actual n f l personnel right uh. And so I, I think he can be. I think he can be top five even if he doesn't get loaded up like with carriers, like people think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that team is going through some some decent changes, at, and I think probably the the best thing for him is going to be stability at quarterback, and then them just running him in the right way. And so I I can see him being top five. So I would I would keep him in my top five.
0: Okay, no, I agree. You know the the. the uh... A uh, narrative that I there were three three regimes that have gone through Miami. And all of them, all three of them did nothing, you know, re- and as far as like running them a lot or anything. So I, I totally hear that. It's just that, man, come on, Houston ran the ball the most last year. <laughs> I don't yeah. see them stopping it. And they, and that's why they went out and they snagged him right away. So they're going to run them. Let's just hope that uh, for the guys who went out and grabbed Tyler Irvin as a potential third down you know, back option, you know, on the cheap and, your dynasty and stuff like that, that he's going to pan out. Besides that, everyone else can just, you know, warm the bench. I'm perfectly fine with that. So I pulled up ADP on
1: Fantasy Pros. Yeah. Um, and Lamar Miller is RB6
0: going 14th off the board. 14th. All right. Uh, I would definitely snag his, snatch him up there in the uh, second.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can grab him right there. I mean, that's – you could get a, a stud wide receiver and get Lamar Miller and be pretty –
0: pretty solid Mm -hmm. now as far as here's these five guys and you tell me what you think Jamal Charles Devonta Freeman Mark Ingram LaShawn McCoy and then finally the aforementioned Le'Veon Bell um yeah so let's
1: see here I like Mark Ingram a lot the narrative that he wasn't that he can't catch passes was kind of funny to me Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty sure he caught all of his passes yeah but he just didn't get any (laughs) And so right. everyone's like, "Oh, he doesn't catch pass. It's like, "Well, maybe they just don't use him that way." So mm-hmm. I was really high on Ingram last year, which worked out, and I'm still I still think I'm pretty high on him. Uh, injuries, of course, are consideration, but looking again at this ADP, he's RB nine at twenty fourth overall. So again, with that strategy I was talking about of you know grabbing grabbing Bell in the second. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can get if I can get Mark Ingram or let's see, Doug Martin is RB eleven at twenty eight overall. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I if I'm looking at potentially one of those two, I'd be all about it. Uh, and let's see who else do you have in the top ten. Jamal Charles is another guy who worries me a little bit. Okay. It's looking like they're going to try and rest him as much as they can, and the reports are that he's not going to have be the full workhorse back like he's been previously. Okay. I mean, they got pretty good work out of Weston Ware when he mm-hmm. was out. And so what it sounds like is they're still going to have roles and they're going to try and save Charles for when they really need him, which I think is smart because he's, he's getting up there. He's had multiple injuries. You know, he's going to, if he
0: gets hit again, it could be the
1: last time he gets hit again, you know?
0: Right. He's running out of ACLs to tear. As a matter yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he is out of them. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he's a guy that you can't really bet against. Like I, I can't take him out of the top 10, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But he's definitely a guy that I'm nervous about and probably would, where he's going, let's see, for ADP, he's RB7, 17th overall. Devonta Freeman's going right after him. Keenan Mm -hmm. Allen's going right before him. If I could grab Keenan Allen, you know, if my strategy, if I had already grabbed a running back, or even if I hadn't, I might grab Keenan Allen there. Absolutely. just because I think I think Keenan Allen's going to be really good this year and for sure a top 10 wide receiver for me mm-hmm. um yeah it's just it's just something that I I don't really feel that confident in but I hate to bet against him
0: right, well I, I mean, hell I mean looking at like half of the top 10 guys on my list you know I don't like having him there but how, how, can you, how can you sit there and yeah, bet you can't yeah <laughs> You know, yeah. because I mean, as soon as you get out of that top 10, with Le'Veon Bell being the last one, uh, sure, there's Matt Forte on my list at 11, but after that, you're starting to go into some murkier waters. And I do have Martin at 14. And I'll get to why I have him that low in a minute. Uh, but then you've got Forte at 11, C.J. Anderson and Duke Johnson, then uh, Martin, and then Deion Lewis for me. And the reason why I have Martin so low is because Charles Sims came on last year, and he didn't do half bad. They were both really good in the system. I just don't know what's going to happen now that Dirk Cutter's the guy in charge. I don't know if they're going to keep it the same, you know, they're going to give the opportunities. And I really also don't know how much of Doug Martin's production was, you know, the way they had it drawn on the chalkboard. You know, if he was just able to get pieces of it and getting those chunks and everything were more so just him getting, luckier being good versus actually supposedly, you know, happening. So for him, I have him a little lower expecting just a slight regression, but at the same time I have nothing, you know, substantial to back that up.
1: Yeah. Matt Forte at 11 seems nuts to me. I can't do that. I mean, too high. Yeah. It's just too high for me. I mean, let's see. He's, he's 30 right now Mm -hmm. and 30 year old running backs. I mean, going—he's switching teams. Also, on top of that, right? It just seems like a recipe for disaster for me. So, I I wouldn't be able to do it. And even the the Roto World Roto World blurb is showing that they think he'll probably get plenty of rest. So it says the New York Post Brian Costello reports the Jets will give Matt Forte plenty of rest this season, uh, trying to imply. You know, that Bilal Powell and Kyrie Robinson are gonna get a decent share of the work mm-hmm. and that it's gonna be a timeshare system. And so, you know, he's still being drafted in the top fifteen mm-hmm. and he's just he's another guy that I'm avoiding. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he'll perform to that level. And it's on okay. fantasy pros he's R B thirteen right now, going off at thirty five, right after he's going after LaShawn McCoy. And I think I would probably rather gamble with LaShawn McCoy than Matt Forte.
0: Well, I mean, I would too. I think McCoy now, especially now with Carlos Williams having a four game suspension, uh, I think you're going to see, at least in the beginning of the season, LaShawn getting a lot of time. Uh, I do expect to see a lot of Jonathan Williams out there too, because I do feel Mike Gillisley is just a guy. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, if Jonathan Williams doesn't really pan out, they're going to have to just run everything through McCoy. You know, I mean, now what about Duke Johnson at thirteen? You think that's uh? You think that's too high? My am I, am I uh, drinking the Browns Kool Aid or? You uh, yeah, you something? might be. You might be a homer. <laughs> oh um, man, I tried to hide it. I think people are really discounting Crowell. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Crowell is going to outperform his ADP, and I don't even know where his ADP is, but I imagine it's,
0: it's this. it's 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 low. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So it's just I think people are discounting him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Isaiah Crowell, RB, thirty-eight. 103 overall.
0: Yeah, he could easily be an RB3. I, you know, I would expect him probably to be closer to RB30 by the end of the season because I do see them trying to put in a, um, a running system because, in all honesty, RG3, is he really going to pan out as a quarterback? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not hearing good things. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm I'm hearing that the best player is the 35-year-old Josh McCown. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's more likely that McCown is uh is the quarterback. So, yeah, well,
0: 13's a little a little too rich for me. Okay. That that's fair. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I I, I did these about I want to say 10 days ago and now that I sit back and I've had some time to uh let it breathe and go back to it, just like when you're writing, you know, whatever, an article or yeah. something. You let it breathe a little bit. You come back and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll be tweaking these going into August when, you know, the rankings actually uh, matter. Uh,
1: so I'm looking at this. Uh, huh? Eddie Lacey at 16.
0: Yeah, it's kind of low, isn't it?
1: As much as Eddie Lacey burns some people, I think he'll at least be an RB2.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. He's a guy
1: that could have a bounce back in a huge way with that offense clicking.
0: Right. Nope, I totally agree. You know, I mean, in all honesty, I'd expect uh, number 17, Danny Woodhead. I expect him to outperform that as far as as a ranking thing. I could see him easily going higher than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's another guy with catching catching passes, with Keenan Allen healthy, even Mm -hmm. with Travis Benjamin in there to draw a little bit more coverage. Woodhead could, could be really good again.
0: That's why I also think Keenan Allen being healthy is gonna help out Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You know, yeah, because I mean that's gonna give them an opportunity down the field. You know, as soon as he went down last year, any hopes of them being able to get something off the line, it never it never just it never manifested and Melvin Gordon was swallowed alive. Yeah, he's another guy. Melvin Gordon too, it looks like so you've got him at thirty. I do, I'm at um, thirty. That's more so just me hoping that he actually does something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's that thing where he's—it's scary, you know. When it you've is. got when you've got a rookie running back to not really do anything, people thought he was gonna, you know, have a good season, right? And it's, so it's yeah, he's just like a, just a scary pick,
0: you know. And another one that I'm kind of higher on now than I had in my rankings is Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I have I have him at 18, but I honestly think that he could, you know, be in that. Just outside maybe like 14, 15, you know, okay. get him up a little bit more. And then going down the list, you know, at 19 I have Giovanni Bernard. I'm fine with that. Thomas Rawls, I'm fine with him sitting there just because that's murky. You know, I don't know yeah. if he's going to be there for week one or not. Octavius Murray, it hurt him to put that high, but, I mean, he, he's not horrible. I just have some kind of odd bias towards him.
1: Well, and as far as we know – he's going to get the
0: bulk of the carries. Yeah, exactly. See, and that's my problem going into last year. I did the same thing though. They were like, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. And I was like, Oh, Roy, he is going to come in and take them all. And he's not <laughs> going to see it coming. And so, and, and so the names just changed for me. It's no longer Roy, now it's, um, uh, Deandre Washington. I'm like, Oh, yeah. he's going to come in and he's going to take them all away. <laughs> you know? I mean, I just, I just can't, I, I just, I can't, I can't settle on him being, uh, you know, the uh, the lead guy for some reason. Yeah. So oh. looking at this ADP again, yeah. um, Gio is
1: RB26 at okay. 66 overall. Melvin Gordon is RB31 at 79 overall. So it looks like ADP-wise, going with your rankings, you know, Melvin Gordon is like almost the perfect position. Yeah, well, that's you good. Know, he's right about where you ranked him. So if, as far as drafting goes, you – might be able to get them at right at the value that you're looking that you want. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then and I would, I would definitely try, you know I mean? Because I was listening to the uh, Phil Metrics, uh podcast and they were uh-huh. talking about how running backs from year one to year two have the most improvement to their game. So, I mean, and we're going to be entering year two with Melvin Gordon. So this may be the time to jump on them and get that, like that low thing, but yeah, or it could blow up in your face. <laughs> they could all blow on <laughs> your face they're running back so, uh, yeah.
1: so uh, it could be pretty bad so you've got next you've got ryan matthews and then 23 yeah. amir abdullah abdullah mm-hmm. i was high on last year and yeah. uh i live in oregon so i'm relatively still pretty high and uh <laughs> i think i would i would keep him i would probably have him in my top 20 okay uh, and then you've got demarco murray which i like uh, Jeremy Hill at 25, I think I probably would try and fit him in my top 20 also. I feel like people okay. are kind of sleeping on him thinking, okay, well, you know, Gio's going to get all the work, but Hill. Who
0: would you th- rather have?
1: Hill or Amar Bernard? Um, Jeremy Hill or Bernard. Let me look at where you. Uh, you know, I think I still might take, I think I still take Gio. Okay. You know, I might have a, if I were to do my own rinks. I might have them back to back almost. Okay. I mean, last year was a little bit scary, but I don't. I think Hill's still going to get some decent work, and it it wouldn't surprise me if he had a bounce back. The mm-hmm. problem is, if Hill goes down, Geo's going to get more work. Right. If Geo goes down, Hill's probably not going to get any more work. Right, you know, he might get a couple extra carries, but as far as those passes that Gio is going to catch, they're not going to go to Hill.
0: Right, that's going to go to uh, Tyler Croft, Tyler Eifert. So you're going to see dump yeah. off passes to whoever their third wide receiver is right now. Yeah, and so that's why I guess it would be Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah.
1: Some you know that's why taking Gio first makes more sense. Mm. And it's just because no, he's he got a little extra insurance.
0: No, I agree. And then uh, you know, to finish out this list real quick, uh, we have uh, 26 Jonathan Stewart, 27 is Frank Gore, 28 is Justin Forsett, 29 is Matt Jones, and then finally uh, the aforementioned Melvin Gordon. Uh, I like Forsett at 28 because I think that he could outdo that ranking. I think that he could be in the, uh, the early 20s just when all is said and done because I think he's going to get the work out there. You know, I think they're going to run him into the ground because he's almost done.
1: Yeah, you know, he's another guy that because he's almost done, I probably would move him out of my top thirty, or at least I I would have Matt Jones ahead of him for sure. Okay, I think, I, think I might gamble on Melvin Gordon ahead of him. I might gamble on Ajayi.
0: Oh, okay. See, now now that you bring up his name, I was going to save this to the end. But now that you brought him up, uh, what do you think of uh, this uh, uh, Arian Foster signing in Miami, and how's that going to affect him?
1: Um, I think Foster's probably more there to have a veteran presence, you know, mm-hmm. to help kind of lead these guys and try and you know help to lead the team a little bit. I don't know that he's going to have a ton of carries because he's another guy where it's like, okay, well, you know, if you run him into the ground, he's gonna stay on the ground Mm -hmm. um or you know we can we can have him help a little bit you know have him catch passes that's where he's really good and i watched some of the miami games trying to uh trying to break down how parker and landry's gonna work and ajayi had some pretty good runs you know he Mm -hmm. i think he could be really good and before the whole injury happened i actually had him last year as my
0: as my rb three or four I had him um, as my RB I had, three behind. Uh, well, actually, I didn't even have. I had him at I think I had him at three, but Gordon was four, so I had somebody else just above him. Yeah,
1: and I had him ahead of Gordon also. Yeah. Um. Before before the injury news and you know how serious it was, so I think I think is still going to get a lot of work, and, and I think it's probably more of just like a veteran presence. Looking at going back to Forsett, Forsett's RB thirty five at yeah. ninety overall. TJ Yeldon is 34. I would take Yeldon over Forsett. Mm -hmm. And actually, Ivory and and Yeldon are back-to-back. Ivory just ahead of Yeldon. And that's another thing where I think Ivory is a little bit more of a veteran presence. He's still got a little bit of juice. It's probably going to be a timeshare, probably a little bit of a nightmare situation for at least the beginning of the season. But I think Yeldon will take a step forward, and I think he's going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah, and I hope he does. Uh, The you know obviously the uh, the narrative there is that his red zone running is part of the reason why Ivory was signed, and I think that Yeldon is still the you know what. As matter of fact, it was Yeldon that he was the second most complete back to come out. You know, he Gurley and then Yeldon. And just because I loved watching him and I remember reading all of these stories coming out of camp about how he was sitting with the quarterbacks and trying to learn as much as he could and everything. Yeah. I just, I love eager young guys who are coming out because those are the ones that if they're going to do well, it's going to be just as much for them overproducing from trying hard as mm-hmm. their, you know, as their talent. And so last year I was kind of disappointed in how he did. But looking at it, it wasn't too bad. So the ivory thing threw me for a little bit. I I, I honestly went into a sell, sell, sell <laughs> and thankfully no one was trying to buy him at the price I was asking for. So I had time to come back to earth. Yeah, it's. I mean, part
1: of it too is Jacksonville has so much cap space. Oh, I know. I mean, they had to pay somebody.
0: Yeah, I know. You know, and look at their defense. I mean, they even just brought in Greg Hardy. You know, just just to see how he was doing, and I was yeah. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, so I think that that is there anything else that you would like to talk about regarding uh, running backs? I think that for
1: drafting, just looking at just looking at this ADP, mm-hmm. you can still wait on running back if you want to and get pretty good value.
0: Okay. Um, Are you a
1: proponent of the zero running back? I am, in that I think people have just gotten burned so many times the last couple of years mm-hmm. that it's becoming super easy to do that. Right. Um, And maybe things have gone. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go swimming in just a second.
0: (laughs) My daughter wants me to go swimming. That is a good good segue to uh, wrapping this up. Uh, Real quick, though, I will say that uh, normally I do go with your running back. Um, However, this year I feel that that's going to be the way that everyone's trying to go. So I'm gonna actually try to go in the inverse, but we will leave it there. Thank you so much, JoJo, for your time today, and uh, it was good doing this. Um, oh, if you guys want to get a hold of us? We are at uh, intentionalgroundff oh, um, uh, at gmail dot com. Uh, separately on Twitter, I'm at intentional Underground. JoJo here is at jo- at JoJo L Mags, and I'm um, a uh, and Noah is at Grounding FF. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day and happy hunting on all those trades. The season is upon us. Thanks, guys.
1: Hi. Thanks, everybody. Hi.